Does dream Jason know more than awake Jason? And then we traveled to California to meet a man who slept so long he woke up in a different world. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing. Today is the sleepy time special of Dead Rabbit Radio. What does that mean? Well, you guys are aware this is a daily podcast and I took a long nap and now I don't have enough time to record an episode because these episodes are out daily. I am recording this episode the day of and I'm still wiping stars away from my eyes. <laughs> is, this, is this a legit thing? Did you oversleep for the first time in five years and this episode is going to come out late? First off, running into Dead Rabbit Command wearing nothing but PJs. Everyone get on your feet and give it up for Stinkbug Potato. Woohoo! Yeah! Wee! Ha ha! Wee! Jumping up and down. Stinkbug's wearing some stylish little Stinkbug pajamas. Stinkbug Potato, longtime supporter of the show for my birthday, recently sent me three books. And we'll profile the second book they sent me today. They sent me a book called Demonic Foes, My 25 Years as a Psychiatrist Investigating Possessions, Diabolical Attacks, and the Paranormal. So thank you so much for sending this book over. If I had read it, maybe I wouldn't wouldn't have been able to go to sleep. Maybe I would have been too scared and this episode wouldn't be recorded so late in the game. But I didn't read it. It's just sitting on my weight bench. And here we are. So, Stinkbug Potato, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the show, I truly understand. I do. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know. Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. This is one of the perils. If you guys ever do decide to do something daily, I'm sure most of you do. It's called a job or a school. Not to sleep in. So this is the Sleepy Time Special. And here's the thing. I actually, these stories were ready to go. I thought these are all really interesting topics to talk about. They're all sleep related. The, f- <laughs> the first one may seem a little hodgepodge. You're like, Jason, we can tell. Even if you didn't tell us. This episode's being recorded a little under the gun. The first segment, uh, it sounded like you were just kind of uh, picking and choosing stuff. Stinkbug Potato, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command, fly us all the way out to the land of dreams. Dead Rabbit Dirigible flying into Dreamland, piloted by a Stinkbug. What a better way to start your sleeping experience. <laughs> this seems like a nightmare. Ah! Well, to some it may be. To, this is a weird story to start with because in my world, I'm a guy who has a Monday through Friday job, comes home, <laughs> takes a nap, oversleeps, records podcasts, edits podcasts, Catches a movie when I can. That's it, right? It's pretty much my existence. I 
did not really, and this has come up before, we've talked about this before, but it is odd to me that, and it shouldn't be, I mean, there's nothing particularly odd about it, but people dream about me. People that I've never met physically dream about me. And it makes sense, right? Because if you listen to this podcast, you've heard me talk for hundreds of hours, hanging out in your eardrums, just like cozying up to it, like it's a nice little warm bed. Living in your ear. <laughs> Next time you go for an ear exhibit, you see a little Jason inside your ear. The doctor's like, ah, I think you need to have your uh, eardrums pierced. There seems to be a tiny man living in there. Hundreds of hours of listening to the podcast, and it would it makes sense that people dream about me. It's an interesting feeling to know that people dream about me. It's not a negative thing. But what's even more interesting is when people dream about the show. Not just me. It's not like you're dreaming that me and you are riding T-Rexes as we defeat Darth Vader. People actually dream the show. And they end up dreaming new episodes of the show. That's where we're at right now. There's a Patreon supporter named Sean. They had a dream, which... Possibly just a dream. But possibly... True. Possibly Dream Jason was onto something. Because I've never thought of this before. Definitely sounds like something I would have thought of. So, let's see what you guys think. Sean was having a dream... He was riding a bike. He's riding a bike down the street and he's listening to Dead Rabbit Radio. And he's listening to an episode that doesn't exist. A very interesting theory in this. In this episode, me, Dream Jason, says, Guys, I have a theory. And I, I want you to take this very seriously I want you to really really think about what I'm about to say I have a theory about why ghosts poltergeist spirits of the dead why they can have such a strong effect on technology because we look at things like flickering lights Stuff being able to be turned on and off, sometimes even if it's unplugged. Toys. That was a little that was a little drumming robot. It's can turn itself on. No batteries. Nothing. Or maybe it's just the blender, right? You would prefer as a little drumming robot and not the blender as your hand is in it. You're like, ah, why didn't the robot get possessed? Blenders, lights. Like, what's spookier, right? You're you're in the bathroom. You're showering up. Your naked body is all sudsy and all of a sudden, you're standing in a dark bathroom. Being super spooky. You're like, okay, I really wish that uh, robot had gotten possessed. And then you hear the robot come in. To the bathroom. Oh, great. They seem to have an outsized effect on electronics, electricity, all of this stuff. Why? So I'm put all my cards on the table. This is my theory. 
I'm still Dream Jason, by the way. This is all Dream Jason. I'll let you know when I'm not Dream Jason. I'm putting all my cards on the table. Let's take a look at this. I believe that electricity is magic. And not in the type of magic that... Because it's so advanced, if you took a caveman or even like a Puritan, if you took like some pilgrim or some like chimney sweep, whatever, and you brought them to modern time and you flicked a switch and a light bulb turned on, they'd go like, egads, who, what witch powers this house? Where is the tiny witch inside that glass? I probably would tell them there was a witch and I was like, oh yeah, no, there's really a witch in there, guys. You won't believe what happened. The Great Witch War of 1901. We conquered them all. Put them in these little things we call light bulbs. Not magic like that, where if it was given to someone of a previous old-timey disposition, they would go, oh, that, that sure is a sorcery there. No. Electricity is magic. Literal magic. And here is why. Electricity is what I would call a, quote, sen-hell medium. This is where spirits and entities reside. Because in the modern world, our electricity comes from, I mean, like if you break it down to its base form, outside of like a lightning bolt, the electricity we use in our daily lives comes from two main sources, oil and coal. And it is when these are burned where we get electricity, like we're mining coal, oil, natural gas, all of these things, oil, coal, natural gas. And where do these come from? Oil, coal, and natural gas all come from decaying organic matter being transformed into these substances. The only reason why we have coal, oil, and natural gas is because of trillions upon trillions of tons of dead plants and animals being compressed and converted, however that works, into these substances. So really, in a sense, a massive graveyard. This worldwide graveyard of organic matter without all of these animals and these plants dying and being converted in the way that they've been converted over the course of millions of years, we would have none of these. A massive graveyard of the dead is what is necessary to have oil, coal, and natural gas. So when we begin tapping into these elements, we are tapping into the medium of spirits. In a sense, it would be no different than building a house on top of a sacred graveyard. We're just doing it millions of years in the future. The amount, if you think about it, the amount of plants and animals that would have to die over the course of millions of years and then get swallowed up by the earth and get compacted and get pressed to make these things is staggering. It's staggering. 
It wouldn't be like actually being on top of a sacred graveyard. It'd be like being on top of a hundred thousand of them. And living there for millions of years. That's the level of energy that is being created. And we're actually taking this and we are digging out that oil, getting that coal, pumping that oil, and they're just using it to power everyday things. So when the dead, it totally makes sense that the dead could very easily tap into these sources. Because it is them. Oil has a closer connection to the dead than it has to us. And even the way that we convert some of these sources, coal, for example, you have to have these fires of intense heat to release the energy that is stored up in coal, almost as if it is the flaming landscape of hell. Intense heat to convert this. It is interesting to think the only way, and this was electricity is a new invention, but previously, going all the way back to the time of the cavemen, the only way outside of the sun, the only way for people to produce heat or create light as in like a campfire or a torch or anything like that, something had to die. Something has to be consumed for us to create safety for humans, which would be light and heat. And it has, something always has to die to do that. I was thinking about that, like a bioluminescent animal is the only other thing. A lightning strike has to hit the earth, start that fire, and then he, if you just have to, it's you, you can't produce light without destroying something. You can't produce heat without it consuming something. It's kind of interesting to think about, and this is just that on a global scale. Something had to die to get to the state where we can pump out that oil. And now we're using it to produce electricity all over the world and it provides comfort and it provides safety but it's impossible without the dead death created it death fuels it so it makes sense that a poltergeist or a ghost or a spirit of any sort could interface with it it would be the easiest thing for it to interface with. It's almost like this para-hell medium. It's as close as you can get to on Earth. And I think really the way that we could see this becoming a problem for us... Woof, woof! Woof, woof, woof! Woof, woof! Sean said his dog woke him up. <laughs> Sean said his dog woke him up before the episode or the segment ended. He goes, but that was the main gist of it. I will say I used the term sen hell, quote unquote sen hell, and quote unquote para hell. I don't know what those mean. Maybe one of you guys do. Maybe Sean does. Maybe Sean knows what that means. But yeah, that was a segment that he heard. And he goes, Jason was putting on his serious tone of voice. And he was trying to get people to be like, I'm serious, guys. I'm serious. 
And it was it, it, people were talking about it on the Patreon Discord. A thick dink man said, "Quote: You know something is real when it's explained to you in incredible detail by your spirit dream guide." Which you know, it could be. It, it, the level of detail is interesting. Dreams are interesting. I've made several comments on the show how I don't like talking about people's dreams generally because. I think because they can be so fantastical. What's funny is I've made that comment multiple times and people have written me back going, no, dude, dreams are awesome. You should cover them more often. So I thought this was kind of an interesting version of that. The idea of someone dreaming about me, like it, people, have, people have mentioned it before and it is interesting. I'm not like weirded out by it. I just always go, oh, you know, because I'm just like a dude in a chair. I don't really think... I definitely don't think of myself as a spirit dream guide, unless the dream is going to Dairy Queen. I don't see myself as a spirit dream guide. I think it's cool. I mean, I guess I should say, I think it is cool because I'll dream about stuff that I'm watching or listening to or reading a lot. And I go, oh, that's cool. You know, people are painting, like liking the show and stuff like that. That's really awesome. I like that. Well, this was cool because it, it that is really interesting. And Sean, thanks for sending it over. It's a really interesting theory. It does sound like something. If I'm going to be honest, it sounds like something that I would think. It's fascinating. And I, when I was reading this, I go, that kind of makes sense. Kind of makes sense. You would have this energy tie you can't have it without dying you can't have any of this stuff without dying and then i started really kind of thinking about it and i go the i mean obviously there are ways to gather energy that wouldn't require this wouldn't require the the souls of the damned or you know it's is it actually that we're pumping you know dinosaur ghosts into our kitchens that's not what Sean or the Dream Jason's necessarily saying. It's just that because it is dead matter, at the end of the day, it is dead organic matter. The other side, the, the paranormal entities could tap into it quicker. It would be interesting. Then, then it kind of got my, my brain thinking. I know there's a big push to get away from these fossil fuels, like going to solar panels, going to geothermal energy. That's a big thing they want to do in El Salvador. They want to have like this massive geothermal plant because there's a volcano in that country. You could do stuff like that. Wind power. That's not as exciting. Right? It's like, whoop de doo Oh, gee, you got a bunch of windmills there, buddy. I'm going to hang out in El Salvador. They have a giant power plant built next to a volcano. It's like a super villain's hideout. I'm going to go over there. You can You can hang out at this windmill. And then I thought, you know what would be really interesting? Throw your conspiracy caps on for a second. What if there was a push towards those energy forms? And the more we started using those and got further and further away from fossil fuels, you actually saw a massive decrease in paranormal activity. But here's the conspiracy part of it. But what if it also caused a massive decrease in religious activity? Or I should say in miracles. Close calls. Guardian angels helping you out at the last minute. That type of thing. You could have a world powered in the most efficient way possible. Or I I shouldn't say the most efficient way. Because some of those sources, they have their pros and their cons. (laughs) That's the reason why we haven't gone full wind power. But you have it in the cleanest of ways. But... The world is just far more 
you walk out of your front door, you get hit by a car. I mean, I know that can happen now, but maybe a guardian angel pulls you out now. And they're like, thanks to the power of coal. Thanks to the power of coal, I was able to be here and snatch you from the jaws of certain death. But you start to see a, a decrease. In all. That was, none of that was in Sean's dream. Sean's like, what? That, that, that makes less sense in my dream. That makes less sense in my subconscious firing off neurons. I just was thinking about that. That'd be weird. <laughs> That's weirder than what his dream was. But I did think, what if it did cause a decrease in paranormal activity and, you know, close calls? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe the guardian angels also like to swim around in the oil. Probably not. I don't know. I don't know. I'm so sleepy, guys. I literally just woke up. But I got uh, more stuff to talk about here. I do want to mention this as well. I was th- And this kind of goes along with that. So, Stinkbug Potato, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jet Ski. I think this is a new thing. It just popped in my head. The Jason Jet Ski. Everyone wrap your arms around this stink bug's waist as they fire up the Jason Jet Ski and we jet all the way out to a typical haunted house. That's definitely a new vehicle because I've never made that noise before with my mouth. The other day... I was over at my friend Sabine's house the other night. We were trying to find something to watch. And I was kind of like popping around Netflix, stuff like that. And I came across a show I'd never seen this show before called Haunted. I watched an episode at random. I actually enjoyed it. I would watch more episodes. It's kind of like a one of those shows we've seen the type before, but they it's profiles a real-life haunting and the person's telling the story, and then there's a reenactment going on as well. Watch the story about like a nine or ten year old girl moving into her basement after her creepy uncle had spent his teenage years in the basement uh, performing satanic rituals. So <laughs> it's not the most calm place to live. I think in the beginning of the episode, her uncle, who's now an adult, breaks into the basement looking for drugs while her and her mom are sleeping, and he sneaks in, and the girl catches him, and he drags the girl into a corner of the basement and pushes her head into a hole. And he goes, that's where the boogeyman lives. So I'm mean, not, not the most safe upbringing, physical or paranormal. It was fun. I, I, I mean, based on that one episode, I'd watch other, uh, other segments of it. I'll put it in show notes, but I was watching it. And it was so funny because after I got done watching it, I had to put my laptop back on the table. We were sitting on this couch. And I picked my laptop, and her house is haunted. I've heard stuff there. We've talked about it before on the show. I don't know if I'll remember what episode it was, but she's seen stuff there before, or heard stuff. I've heard stuff there before. Weird, like really weird stuff. Well, anyways, after we watched that episode, it's creepy, you know, it was this demon thing. I'm unplugging my laptop, and I'm carrying it to walk over to the table, and I thought in my head, I go, what is the possibility of right now, me getting tripped by the paranormal. We're in a haunted house, watching this movie about demons, or it was like an hour long, probably less than that, half hour long show about demons. And I'm carrying my laptop and I go, that would like really throw things for a loop. I mean, I'm using my main form of entertainment as also how I produce this show on my laptop. 
And I go, if I was carrying this back to this table, it's only a short distance. I go, if something really wanted to attack me and the show, ruin my day and really make me scramble to get new stuff done, like I'd have to go out and buy a new laptop, start recording stuff, all that. Don't have the money for it. We'd figure out a way. I do have a really cool PC uh, desktop that my buddy Earbud built for me for the show. That's the backup one. But I thought, what if something tripped me right now? And it did. And I took the laptop and I set it down on the table. Went about my business. But that made me think. I go out of all of the poltergeist stories that we've covered. And the thousands or probably more likely millions of more out there that we haven't covered. You know, poltergeist stories have been going around. We Poltergeist stories have been going around for a long time. They've been reported for a long time in human history. We don't see much tripping. We don't see much pushing. We don't see a lot of physical assaults. Now, they do happen. And those stories we do cover on this podcast because they're exciting. But they're also a little more rare. When people, people getting poked, people having their hair pulled slightly, that happens a lot in poltergeist and ghost encounters. But I'm talking about straight up getting shoved. And again, it does happen. But when you look at the massive amount of poltergeist stories, it's not the most common. There could be a bit of survivor bias to that, right? If you're getting pushed down the stairs, no one's hearing your ghost story. You're the ghost story. You got shoved to the top of the stairs and you fell down. Could be that. It could be survivor bias. But I remember thinking, I go, wow, if the world of the weird really wanted to mess with me, all they'd have to do is trip me. Sabine even has a big black cat named Jenny. And I was like, all it would really have to do is scare Jenny. And Jenny tripped me up. So it seemed less paranormal. But I thought about that, and I go, that is interesting. We recently covered a story about a woman who a demon attached itself to her while she was at a Catholic retreat. She was a newly... She was a newly converted Catholic. And when she woke up for Mass the next morning, the demon made a doppelganger of her alarm clock. She woke up and she saw two alarm clocks in the hotel room. One with the wrong time on it. And she looked at that one and she it like woke her up. She saw that it was way too early for her to go. She sees two alarm clocks, but one of them has the wrong time on it. And she goes, it's too early for me to get ready to go to Mass. And she shut it off. And then when she woke up, there's only one alarm clock in that room. And she was late for Mass. I can't think of another time we've covered anything like that. And it's interesting because so many of these poltergeist encounters, some of them are just a rap, rap, rapping on the wall or the door or just the sound. But some of them are straight up antagonistic. And one thing that we don't see, I can't think of another one, is someone going, this house is haunted and it's trying to ruin my life. It keeps making my alarm clock not go off in the morning. Super simple. Super simple thing. We've had all sorts of demonic encounters, paranormal encounters in these stories. A family versus a unseen force. And I can't think of any, outside of that story that I just told you about, that woman at that Catholic retreat, 
where the demons were affecting stuff like alarm clocks, washers and dryers not working, refrigerators getting shut off, all your food going bad. Some poltergeist activity is not adversarial, but some of it is. A, a good amount of it is. I'd say probably, I don't want to make a guess, but if I had to guess, 30%, probably. A lot of it is just a noise, or you look down the hallway and you see a girl running into your bedroom, just like catching it out of the corner of your eye. It's not really poltergeist, but ghost-related. But you know what I mean? Think about all the times, and I don't cover a lot of this stuff on the podcast. I, I research it a lot. But it's just a family saying the kids' toys are going off in the middle of the night. And their son keeps talking about someone named Benny. They don't know anyone named Benny. And then one day the neighbor said, oh yeah, there was a two-year-old named Benny who shot himself in the brain one day. And like, oh, that's super creepy, right? Keeping my son up all the time. He's, <laughs> his brain's hanging out. Come on, Benny. My kid needs to sleep. But being so disturbing. Yeah, yeah, that's creepy, making the kids stay up all night, playing with toys and everything like that. Benny could also shut off alarm clocks, make it so the parents aren't getting up, making so uh, the kid, the living kid, is late for the school bus, stuff like that. If they really wanted to be adversarial, instead of shutting off the bathroom light, which is creepy enough, unplug the fridge. I mean, you can leave the fridge plugged in, but just blow out the circuit. Microwaves not working. Massive amounts of property damage can be done pretty easily in a single home. And, and and really, I think a lot of it could be done and a lot of it be chalked up to just bad luck. Oh man, we just got this fridge fixed. So I wonder why they don't do the big things. And again, I'm talking about the adversarial ones. If, if they're just a ghost... Doing ghost things. I don't expect them to ruin all of that meat you just bought through in the freezer. But if it is an adversarial ghost, it's interesting that they don't do what I'm going to start calling the big three. They don't affect your sense of time by shutting off alarm clocks or just messing up clocks in general. They don't shut down major electronics that can cause hundreds of dollars of damage, i.e. a refrigerator. If you blew out a fridge, all your food is going to go bad. It's a huge hassle. You probably, I mean, you're just going to have to eat out. You're going to have to go to, like, McDonald's or something like that. And then the third one would be anything that has to do with computers. Because think about the chaos that a ghost could do just by destroying your hard drives. I mean, it would be hilarious if ghosts were sending emails to your boss being like, ha ah, you suck, I quit. That'd be hilarious. But now we're at, and now <laughs> that's basically like Stephen King, ghosts typing out emails. I'm going to shoot up my workplace, me. Ha ha ha. You send in a photo of yourself. It's Photoshop of you holding a gun. Or <laughs> maybe it's a real photo of you holding a gun. I don't know. I don't know. But, and I killed Benny. They'll never find the proof of his body. It was me who shot that two-year-old in the head. That'd be hilarious. I'm not shooting the kid in the head, but you know what I mean. Like, if a ghost could type out an email and mass send it to people, um, that would be, that's one thing. That's almost like, at that point, I mean, at that point, I don't know how you want to fix the situation. You're like, ah, well, I would get an exorcist, but I don't have a job. And I'm on the run from the police. 
they could just destroy your hard drives. They could just be something as simple as making your battery drain super fast, which we know ghosts can do. That's a big complaint. Ghost hunters go out to a location, their batteries drain super fast. Batteries, I should add, that are also charged and recharged using electricity, which does come from gas and coal and um, oil. It's such a fascinating theory, but draining your laptop battery, no matter what you do, it just is... So you have to keep your laptop plugged in all the time. It's a nuisance, but it could add up. I'm recording this episode right now. Like I said, I'm way behind. I still have to edit it and everything. And if this laptop just went down right now, I don't have it saved. This is just a one-shot recording. I'd be out 36 minutes and 38 seconds of work at this point. So I wonder why we don't see that happen. And it's funny because I was thinking of that. I was I had already read this thing that Sean had written. And then I was at Sabine's house and we were watching that haunted Netflix show. And I picked up my laptop and I thought if something really wanted to mess with me right now, all it would have to do is trip me and I'm going to lose control of this laptop and it's going to go flying. And that's what I was thinking. Well, yesterday... I was hanging out with my mom. She's actually up here in Hood River. We're hanging out. She doesn't live up here. She's just vacationing for a couple weeks. I was out with my mom and my aunt. I hadn't seen my aunt in a while, and she was asking about the podcast, and I was telling her, like, oh, no, it's going great. People are people are dreaming about me. It's fantastic. No, I was like, it's so fun doing this podcast. And we kind of started talking about, like, spooky stories and all that stuff. They told me. About their dad, my grandpa, who I never met. He was dead before He was dead before I met him. But he had, uh, we talked to him before in the podcast, he was a horrible drunk. He was an alcoholic. So much so that one day he, or night, I'm not for sure, but he passed out on a train track. And a train ran over his leg. Just one. And so he had to have a wooden leg. He had this wooden leg. And he was a very... From what I understand, right? I'm I'm taking my... I obviously trust my mother and my family. They said he was a very brutal man. A very brutal father. They said when he was drunk, he was actually pretty easy to get along with. It was when he was sober. It was when he was a monster. And when he would walk around the house with this wooden leg, it was like from the knee down. Apparently, and I don't know anything about how this worked back. I mean, this would have been back in like the 60s, right? Oh, you know, I don't know. I don't think it was. I was born in 76. So I think it was like 50s, 60s. I don't know. But anyways, I don't know if this is how they designed him. When he would walk... When he would walk with this peg leg, apparently you would hear a puff of air. There's like air holes drilled into it. It's like a little whistle. It's a little slide whistle. Woo! He would walk and you would hear a And it was like the air in between the peg leg and his real leg. You'd hear a puff of air as it like was being pushed down. I don't know if that's a design thing. I don't know how that worked. But my mom and my aunt were like, yeah, I remember when dad, this is my grandpa, but when dad, they were like, Jason, I understood. I understood what they were saying. 
They said when their dad was walking around, you'd hear a And my Aunt Joyce said after he had died, he suffered a pretty violent death. He just passed out one night, you know, alcoholic. Passed out one night and slammed his head into a table and got a pretty bad head wound. And he's just like, I'm just going to sleep it off. And he went to the couch and laid down and never woke up. I mean, pretty, (laughs) pretty hard way to hit your head. But anyways, she said after he died... He's dead, he's taken away, he's buried. One night, Aunt Joyce, you know, they were kids at this time. One night, Aunt Joyce was in the house, and she heard a... Like he was still walking around. And it was interesting because I t- mentioned that I had talked about my speech coming up at the Port Gamble Ghost Conference. I'm doing a speech, Why Are There No Fat Ghosts? It's a follow-up to the speech I did at the Oregon Ghost Conference. And this is part of that, right? Why would a physical modification, why would that... I mean, his ghost would have two legs, two full legs. Why would his ghost have a wooden leg? Why would you hear the sound of him walking with a wooden lake through the house. We don't know. This is one of the things we don't know about ghosts. Talking about ghost stories. I was like, I had never heard that story before. I had never ever heard that story before. I told them about the time that my grandma, their mother, was sitting in the kitchen and she turned and she looked down this little hallway. Her kitchen had this little hallway attached to it. Late at night one night, my grandma turned in the kitchen and she looked down this little hallway and she saw... Her aunt, who had long passed, Aunt Jeanette, this elderly lady, she saw Aunt Jeanette peeking around the corner. And she said, like, she had her hands wrapped around the wall and she had her head kind of peeking out, looking at my grandma peeking around the corner. And it's it's funny, I told that story to my mom and Aunt Joyce and they... They are like, oh my god, that's super creepy. And I was like, yeah, it is creepy. It's creepier if the ghost is peeking. It really is. If she had just appeared there, standing in the hallway, you might have had some sense of peace. But the idea of it peeking around the corner is like it was trying to remain hidden. It, it, it disturbed my grandma. She didn't like it either. This idea that this thing was kind of hiding in the dark. This thing, I mean, it was the, it was the spirit of one of my relatives. But why was she just peeking? But anyways... We're telling all this. And I said, hey, mom, I go, you remember that time when we lived in that house and I was sick and my brother was sick. So dad slept in my room where my brother used to sleep and my brother slept in your guys's room. So dad was in my room and then my brother was in your room. And there was a little hallway connecting them at the top of the stairs. She's like, yeah, I do. I remember, like, she remembered how the house is laid out. I go, do you remember that night when I was really sick? My brother was really sick. And dad woke up and he heard my brother crying in the master bedroom. Just down the short little hallway, he heard him crying and crying and crying and crying. He's a big baby. He cried all the time. But crying, 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 crying. So my dad is like, what is going on? Like, how in the world has mom not woken up? 
So he gets up and he opens the door to walk into this little hallway. I mean, it literally is maybe like 10 steps between the two rooms. That's how small this hallway is. There's a staircase attached to it. There's a staircase attached to these two hallways. He walks out. I think I've told this story before in the podcast, but not this extra detail. My dad walks out into the hallway. And right when he steps on the hallway, the master bedroom door opens and my mom is wide awake. And she it kind of surprised her that dad was up and my mom goes, is Jason crying? Like I heard Jason crying, 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 crying. I thought something's wrong. And then my dad's like, no, I heard crying coming from your room. Crying, crying, crying. I thought something was wrong. And they're kind of looking at each other. And then they both look down and they realize the crying is coming from the little hallway. It's coming from right in between where they're standing. Right at the top of the stairs. <laughs> now my dad's Southern Baptist minister, right? And don't mess around on this stuff. He's just like, go back to bed. He told my mom, just go back to bed. Like, there's nothing. It's it, whatever's here is here. We'll deal with it tomorrow. It's a Southern Baptist. Southern Baptist for all the flaws they have. One. The whole Civil War thing didn't, uh, wasn't a great decision in hindsight, but uh, they don't mess around with none of this demon stuff, right? They don't even entertain it as a thought. The next day, my dad said, he sat me and my older brother down. That was my younger brother, the big old crying baby in the other room. My dad goes, listen, there might be a ghost, possibly a demon in this house. Just ignore it. We're like, what? what? He's like, yeah, just ignore it. He goes, you might hear things. You might see things. Just don't pay any mind to it. That's what it's looking for. It's looking to get your attention. It's looking to tear you apart. Not literally. As I start wetting my pants, it's like, not literally, Jason. Trying to stray you from the path of the righteous. Just ignore it. Don't even don't even think about it. <laughs> and here I am all these years later. That's all I do. Think about it all day long. Paranormal podcast. I told that story to my mom yesterday. And I go, hey, mom, remember that whole story at the top of the stairs? And my mom goes, yeah, I, I remember that. I remember something like that. It was really weird. And then she paused and she goes, I fell down those stairs all the time. I go, what? And she goes, all the time. She goes, I slipped and tripped down those stairs more times than I can remember. I'd be walking down. I'd be on the top floor and I'd start walking down the stairs and I would lose my footing. Almost, you know, pretty often. It always felt like something was tripping me up there. So I thought that was really, I thought that was kind of like, that was something that my parents would not have told us at the time. And it was funny because I was going through this whole thing about why don't we see that happening more often and then... My mom was like, I oh, know that. And again, all of this stuff, like I didn't tell my mom anything about doing this segment for a story. First off, I'm going to sleep in and then I'm going to put together some sleepy time stories. No, I was just, we were just talking about paranormal stuff that had happened to us. And she, she volunteered that. She's like, I oh, know I used to get tripped all the time. I was constantly slipping. Now she would catch herself. It's not like, it's not like my mom is just like a collection of uh, limbs attached to what's left of her torso. No, she did catch herself. But she was slipping all the time on those stairs, and she felt like something was making her slip, making her trip, trying to get her to fall. 
And I thought that was kind of an interesting way to wrap that whole thing up because I was like, why doesn't this happen more often? And it turns out it was happening in a home I used to live in, in a home that we all believed was haunted. So, you know, and th this is the beauty of the paranormal. And I think we're actually going to wrap the episode up like this. We'll say, we'll have Stinkbuck Potato back to fly the Carpenter Copter again on another episode. We'll save the Rip Van Winkle story. Sorry, this was all ghosts. I always like to try to not do all ghosts or all aliens or, but sorry. I, I definitely, I definitely got to get this episode out. I can't throw in another story. I got to edit this one down. But I think that's the beauty of the paranormal, right? We're given a data set that is incredibly incomplete because it almost all relies on people being comfortable reporting it. It is all self-reported behavior. Now, sometimes the report is coming from a ghost hunter, coming from a paranormal researcher. They're going out to a location and then they report back. But a lot of it, and really most of it, the paranormal researcher doesn't even know to go out to that location unless people are reporting things over the years. And most people don't. Most people just forget about it. Not literally forget about it, although that happens too, but they don't want to talk about it. Especially like, and here's the thing, like it's, it's and at the end of the day, it's a mundane thing. Almost slipping down the stairs, almost tripping down the stairs, stuff like that. Even the feeling like there's something tripping you up. You feel your foot get caught on something. You turn around and there's nothing there. You think, oh, that's just me being clumsy. Oh, that's just, you know. And even when it's bundled up with other paranormal events in a house, really, the sound of a child crying at the top of the stairs. You, you know, it's like, who's she going to report it to? She's not going to sit there and start looking at paranormal investigations, looking for ghost hunt. Most people won't. Most people will never interact with a paranormal researcher or a ghost hunter in their life, even people who are into this stuff. But it's a data set that's so incomplete. My own mom never told me that story. But here we had, I was thinking, again, that was kind of the progression of stuff. I was thinking, oh, I wonder why ghosts don't trip people more. This would be the easiest thing. And then I find out that it happens, or happened to my mother. And then you think, it probably does happen a lot. It probably happens a lot. And either it's such a mundane event during an actual documented haunting. Let's say that you do have a house that's really active and you're listing stuff off. You may not go, oh, and then when I'm walking down the stairs, I, tri I get a trip every once in a while. Like it happens more often on that set of stairs than anywhere else. That might seem super mundane when you're talking about, you know, the sound of a dark malevolent force echoing through your basement. It might sound a little... And how, who doesn't trip up every once in a while on their feet? So you, that may be something that you're just not even thinking when you're listing off all the paranormal activity in, in your house. Or what if you don't have this huge level haunting? You just have... Every so often, you turn on a light switch, your light doesn't come on. Cold spots. And when I'm walking down the basement stairs, I seem to trip... Quite a lot. And I always turn around and there's nothing there. I even look between those little slats. My fear is that someone's going to reach in and grab my ankles as I'm walking down the basement stairs. Because they have those open back stairs. And I turn and I look and there's nothing there, of course. But 
I swear, I trip more often coming down those stairs than anywhere else. Oh, well. I mean, it's a haunted house. It's a haunted house, but... You don't think it's a haunted house. It's just minor inconveniences. You don't think it's a haunted house. You're not going to call in a ghost expert. You're not going to go on Reddit to find the history of the house. It's just kind of a, a weird... It's an old house. Of course, the lights aren't going to work all the time. Of course, there's going to be cold spots. Of course, the stairs are going to be a little rickety. And that's what you say, and that's what you believe. Until one day you feel wrapping around your ankle... The strong grip of a phantasm's hand. Fingers with a touch that's colder than you've ever known. Yank your ankle back just a little. Just a little. But it's enough to make you completely lose your balance. And you tumble down the basement stairs. When your head hits the ground with a resounding crack. And you find yourself dizzy, confused, and afraid. The basement light switches off. You lay there in the darkness. Quickly losing consciousness. Hoping someone will find you quick enough that your life can be saved. But as you drift off into the eternal, you realize no one is coming to help. This is where you'll die. Killed by a spirit you didn't believe existed. That no one believes exists. Just another tragic accident in a constantly chaotic world. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one.